UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And we're going to discuss Michigan's victory by a score of 42-21 to 21 over Maryland in a homecoming tilt at the big house. Boy, Andy, what did you think about that one? Well, I was kind of pleased with it. I thought Maryland played hard. They fought, and that they had their act together except for the penalties, which uh, they get a lot of penalties. They got all those sets that are complicated with motion in them, and, and uh, they shift a couple of times, and, and that causes them some penalties, penalties, but they had some poor poor targeting penalties and uh, uh, a face mask and some other unsportsmanlike stuff. So uh, they played hard. They, they did well. They have a fairly a better defense than I thought they had, and they're, they're small and fast backs. But Michigan's defense was superb all day long, was superior all day long, and uh, they did the trick. They held them to very small rushing yardage, and uh, it was a game that I generally was pleased with, and it was fairly enjoyable to watch, and I thought Maryland was the best team that Michigan has played since Notre Dame. Well, it was interesting to me, um, you know, first we'd be remiss not to mention that we had some very interesting weather that actually delayed the start of the game, and I will tell you... It, it was really, minutes, right? Yeah, it was really bizarre because the morning of the game, uh, meaning you know several hours before the game, the what the weather was horrendous. I mean, coming down in in you know waves, um, you know there were lightning strikes, and for a, for a, a while when you were watching the weather tracker, there was a there was a question of how they were going to get the game in and. There were rumors that they were actually going to compress the game and not have media timeouts. Now, the weird thing was, yes, the game started late, and it was blue skies and sunshine. It actually, for the for most of the game, it was actually really nice weather. Now, I will tell you, being in the Ann Arbor area, about an hour after the game, the the rain returned. But again, kind of a kind of a weird homecoming, you know, a delayed game. Uh, reminded me a little bit of you know a, a ways back when the Western game got uh, got rained out and uh, ended early. But again, they got the game in, and again by the time the game started, uh, it, it, the weather was actually pretty nice. Now, yeah. the, the interesting thing for me in the game was you really saw Michigan's defense completely dominating the first half, um, and yet uh, Maryland. You know, scored a touchdown on that that you know ninety yard plus kickoff return. So it was in, it was interesting because being there, Michigan was dominating and actually losing seven to three as the first quarter ended. So it was just one of those things. You look at the stats, and and again, Michigan Michigan really thumped them. Um, now I would say it was one of those games where um, it took a while for the offense to actually score points, but. Um, again, the, the defense had the had the matter clearly in hand. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I don't, you know, watching Maryland, 
Um, you know, you mentioned how they set and they reset. Um, actually, kind of, I, I had a negative impression of their defense. Seems like they were really close to taking some cheap shots. Um, yeah. You know, there there okay. there are times where the targeting penalties um, are are unwarranted or, or in question. They were they got a little chippy down there, um, and and you know it was interesting because the second half started, and the number of penalties in the in the third quarter just to start off the third quarter was was really unbelievable, a really sloppy game. Um, you bet. And, and again, it was just. You know, you look at it and you're like, well, okay, you're coming out of the half and it's 17-7 and Maryland's in it, and they came out and just, you know, penalty after penalty. I mean, it was really, it, it was almost humorous. Um, so, you know, but again, back to Michigan, um, you know, I, I thought another decent game by Shea Patterson, not his best game that we've ever seen. Um, you know, one thing that was interesting is we saw a little trickeration with, with Grant Perry throwing a pass, and uh, yes. they also showed that play in formation a little bit later, and, and you know he with the option of him not throwing. So we are seeing more of the offense um, after the game. Shea Patterson, you know, mentioned that we're, we've still only seen about half of it, um, but again, I think we saw what we needed to see in this game. Um, again, the defense was dominating. Uh, again, I, I, you know, this was about what they needed. I mean, it would have been really easy to overlook this game with Wisconsin coming up, you know, and the distractions of the weather and everything. But, you know, I looked at this was, you know, it was a workmanlike game. They got it done. Um, you know, really wish we didn't give up those last two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But Brown took his foot off the pedal. Well, and, you know, you look at that and, and – you, you always want to have something to to motivate your team, you know. And I think that, you know, if Michigan had, had won this one 42-7, um, there's, a, there's a chance they might have got complacent. Now, I, again, I didn't like those last two touchdowns. Uh, but, again, the game was well in hand. Um, you know, I wish, I wish they hadn't happened. But, you know, I also got to give credit to the fans for, what really was a really nasty day in the morning, uh, the bulk of the fans showed up for the game. So, you know, kudos to them. And I'll tell you, w- with a night game coming up versus Wisconsin, um, you know, I-, I think that the stadium is going to be rocking. Um, so, Andy, what-, what did you think about or what you saw during the game, spe- specifically on the rushing side? Well, Hector is the man. And he's become a playmaker. He got over 100 yards again uh, this game, and he can break a game open. Uh, he really is vital to their offense. The two big playmakers on offense are uh, Patterson and him. I didn't think Patterson. Oh, I, I don't want to forget True Wilson. He's a ruler, he's a smaller back, and he's a guy that just got a scholarship to the University of Michigan. He was a walk-on and earned it. And he is one tough little kid. There's no question about it. He takes on those bigger guys and blocks them. I saw a couple of examples of that. I watched uh, 
tape and saw a couple examples of, of him doing that in the time that he was in. And I thought the uh, holding call on him was foolishness. I didn't like that, didn't think it was good. What did Harbaugh say about that holding penalty on him? Well, again, Harbaugh is not going to say uh, anything until he gets a chance to watch the tape. So, but, but, but I will tell you, I know that the general consensus is that this is the second week in a row that we've had a phantom holding call. And I, right. th- I think that the tape backs that up. Um, you know, and again, to, to, to give True Wilson a, you know, another shout-out, there's a clip um, going around the Internet right now of him uh, blocking a much larger player, throwing him to the side, and then picking right up and blocking downfield. So it really was, um, he's genuinely had some, you know, you know, definitely showed himself to be a, a competent Division One player, and he's definitely getting the job done. So, uh, again, you know, I, I think you mentioned that, you know, good to him. Um, you know, the other thing, you know, I want to mention was, you know, here you had, <coughs> you know, one of, the, one of the late touchdowns that Michigan scored was a really nice pass to Jared Wangler. And, you know, talk about a guy who's, you know, put his time in the program, uh, I would say generally not as successful as he would like to be, but you know he, he kept his head down, keeps working, and it was really nice to see him get that touchdown. Um, you know he he uh, he celebrated appropriately, and it, it was nice to see guys who put their time in have some success on the field because you know that the team and the coaches appreciate the effort that a player puts like, a player like that puts in in the practice. But it's nice to see him, you know, get a little bit of recognition in, in the big house. So it, it, it sure is. One, one thing that's that's kind of nice nice to see a couple of guys like Wilson and Ronnie Bell made one heck of a catch on a pass from Patterson that looked like it was destined to be intercepted and slanting across and out of nowhere at full speed. Comes Ronnie Bell, he latches onto it, and it's six points. I thought that was a beautiful pass and catch, and very remarkable. I think Bell is going to be a player that Michigan uh, is going to appreciate in the future because he's going to get nothing but better. He's a true freshman, so uh, makes me happy to see that. One thing that we should talk about probably is the offensive line and how they did. They didn't have Rashawn Gary. They lost Kemp. Okay, so so Andy, you're talking about the defensive line then. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The switch. Yep. Well, we, we can go back to offense if you want to, because I was I have I was very appreciative of them too. I thought they looked better. That they are getting a little better. Maybe it's in baby steps, but they're doing it, and they they seem to be more consistent in doing the good things all of the time. I thought the offensive line played one of the best games it has this year. And um, I think that uh, on when you is doing better. And uh, Ruiz is good, the inside is good, and the tackles weren't that bad. So the pass protections uh, have improved. No question about it. So... Uh, but the defensive line is the one 
that was supposedly at the start of the season the deepest, and now they're getting the most casualties. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting about that to me is that, that they, you know, they weren't touted as being the defense. And they have had some injuries, and they're still doing really well, which shows how deep they are. Now, I, I, right. I, I, give, I you know, concede your point that you can't keep losing guys like this. Um, and again, you know, part of this, too, is, you know, Harbaugh talked after the game and Again, you definitely got the impression that reading between the lines that Rashawn Gary could have went, um, you know, if, if needed, but you know they didn't expect, uh, you know, a, a real stiff test versus Maryland, um, and and again Harbaugh, you know, basically you know said as much, not about Maryland, uh, but about that they would have they could have sent Rashawn Gary. Um, so again, you don't want to see guys dinged up. You know, Kemp was dinged up. Um, you saw Dumfor leave the leave the field on a cart. Rashawn's out. So and that that one might really hurt. Uh, let's hope that uh, we get Aubrey Solomon back soon. Uh, Harbaugh kind of waffled a little bit, but he indicated that uh, that perhaps. Audrey Solomon can be coming back sooner than we thought. He didn't say so. He didn't say that, but that's what it meant. What he said meant to me. So, if Solomon comes back, that's what the vice said. I want to give a shout out to Quiddy Pay because he's doing well. He was in there for Gary for part of the time, and uh, he didn't do too badly. Well, and I guess that's the thing. And what I'm seeing here is that. I mean, the the well isn't endless. You know, there is a bottom, but all these guys are well prepared. Nobody who's getting in the game seems to be overwhelmed. Um, and, and again, I mean, you have you know you have Don Brown, you have Greg Madison, who's the defensive line coach, who has been a defensive coordinator and done a good job. You really have to respect the job that's being top that's being done top to bottom on the defense. Um, you know, another thing I, I wanted to mention on offense is that, you know, they spread the ball around nine receivers. So what's funny is that earlier in the year, one of the concerns was that Michigan wasn't using their tight ends enough. And, you know, you had Zach, Zach Gentry get seven receptions. You had Sean McCoon get three receptions. So, so there, you know, tight ends dominated the game. Um, and, again, it's, just, it's interesting to see the offense. Um, you know, one of the things I mentioned during the game was, so for me, we have a big enough sample um, to kind of judge what we have in Shea Patterson. Now, admittedly, we have not seen him, you know, against Michigan State or Penn State or Ohio State, but, you know, we have seen him play. And, you know, the, the, the impression I have, you know, after six games is that, I would describe him as dangerous. He can hurt teams with his feet. He can hurt teams with his arm. I think he's only going to get better. Um, you know, if, if what he says is true, that we've only seen half the offense, um, you know, that, that definitely bodes well. And, and I'm thinking specifically comparing to Spate, where, you know, Spate was, you know, you really can't judge Spate too much on last year, but the season before, you know, I keep, you know, when I when I think of both quarterbacks, I would describe Spade as being competent, you know, as, as being a manager of the offense. 
And, and I don't mean that as a slam. I, I think that's just, just what he was, okay? Um, you know, whenever Spade had to go downfield, I, I thought it was kind of a dicey proposition as far as his arm strength and his, and his decision-making. And what I'm seeing from Shea Patterson is that, um, you know, again, he can take off and, and, and uh, do some damage. Um, you know, he has a good arm. He seems to have a good decision-making. Now, you know... Touchdown pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think it's about 34 yards that Jones ran on that afterwards, was absolutely beautiful because he's, he's thrown across his chest and he's thrown back and he puts it right where Jones can get it. It was a beautiful play. The kid has a higher ceiling than any quarterback that I can remember in a while, in a long while, at least in a two-coach while. Denard Robinson was a wonderful athlete and an ordinary quarterback in some respects in throwing the ball. I think that Patterson is the best I've seen around uh, uh, Michigan Stadium in a long, long time, and I'm appreciative of it. I hope he doesn't get a get some dinks at inhibiting, but we're going to see against Wisconsin how he can do against some of the better talent in the Big Ten. I think he'll be fine. If Michigan can run the ball, the offense will be fine. If they can't run the ball, then he's got to do everything through the air, and we I don't know how that'll work. But we'll see. It's going to be an interesting game, that Wisconsin game. Yeah, and I think if there's anything that, um, you know, any disappointment in the you know the game versus Maryland is a you had those injuries that we're wondering about. I would have liked to see, um, you know, and this is this is a function I think of those last two touchdowns Maryland scored. I would have liked to have seen Michigan get some work for their second and third string. Specifically, I would like to know who exactly is second and third string. I still think it's Dylan McCaffrey, but again, it would have been nice to see him get some reps. And as you mentioned, there's a big test coming up. I mean, you know, when we were looking at the se- you know, the schedule before the season, this is the three-game stretch that I think is the, the test for Harbaugh. You know, you have Wisconsin at home. Um, you have Michigan State on the road. You have Penn State at home. And, you know, I think now you might look at these games and question how difficult Wisconsin uh, maybe you may question Michigan State a little bit after their rather uh, embarrassing loss to Northwestern by a score of 29-19. to By the way, I have to tell you that when they announced that score uh, at the stadium, that was one of the biggest cheers of the, of the, of the day. And the interesting about, thing about that is that I'm still not on the – I still don't think Northwestern is a great team this year. This is not a vintage Northwestern team, um, and and I still don't think that you know that was a great game on Michigan's part going there, but it doesn't look nearly as bad as it did after the game, seeing what they did going into East Lansing and and you know putting a putting a, a pretty good beating on on Michigan State. Now I know uh, Michigan State fans may may cringe when you say it's a beating, but a ten point loss. Uh, you know, on the road is uh, or a ten-point victory on the road over is is pretty impressive. So, and again, you got 
Michigan State? The only problem with, with thinking about Michigan State is that many times, no matter what has happened prior to the Michigan game, they will bring out their best for the University of Michigan, their best effort. Their, their best football. So, you know, that still will be a challenge, but it gives you a little hope to see them handled by a team that Michigan came back on from 14 points down. It's nice to see, and uh, I was plenty pleased living in the Lansing area. I hear a lot of this Michigan State uh, stuff, and uh, it's uh, this will quiet them down a little until that game, and I hope after the game I'm feeling the same way. Well, Andy, and un- undoubtedly, I mean, the, whenever Michigan, Michigan State, you know, uh, tee it up, um, it's definitely a, a, you know, it's a rivalry game. It's a rivalry game in every sense. Both teams bring their best. And, and, and again, in, in no way do I want to imply it's an easy game, but after watching Michigan State lose twice, this is not uh, – you know, and struggle in some other games. You know, uh, I think their season comes down to how they're going to play against Michigan. But again, when, when you're when you're measuring talent, it doesn't. You know, there are some questions about uh, if this was going to be another Spartan team was going to, that was going to challenge for the Big Ten championship prior to the season. And I think that's pretty clearly right now that that uh, that's going to be a stretch for them. I mean, honestly. Uh, you know, we'll have to see how they play the next couple of weeks. But again, one game at a time. Michigan has Wisconsin up. Um, you know, and, and I feel pretty good. You know, we play well against Wisconsin at home. Okay, Andy, so what are you looking for versus uh, Wisconsin? What are you hoping Michigan will be able to do? Well, I already mentioned it. They have to run the football. If they can run the football, it'll set up the passing, and that'll make everything the offense whole for Michigan. When Michigan is going to run into trouble, it's when they can't move the chains, when they can't uh, run the football and uh, can't have the play-action passing there that they need, uh, then they'll get hurt. So we'll see if they can run the football. All right, so uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.